It's said that your real life begins where your comfort zone ends. Well, it's about to get real as we have radically authentic conversations to help you thrive in your personal and professional life while navigating the twists and turns of being human. Buckle up, because this might get uncomfortable. Starts right now with Whitney Lordson. the immortal words of Bob Dylan and then more recently Axl Rose were knock, knock, knocking on 300's door. Hey, 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 yeah, we are one episode away from the 300th episode of This Might Get Uncomfortable. It feels momentous because this is number 299 and we've done episodes about sort of markers and milestones in our careers, but it does feel pretty cool to be coming right up on the 300th episode of this podcast. So before we jump into today's subject matter, which is something that sort of just hit me in a flash earlier today, being that we are right in the midst of the holiday season 2021 as we're recording this, I want to say that this episode has been brought to you and is being sponsored by Simply Codes. It's a browser extension and a new iOS app that helps you save money with coupons at over 70,000 websites. So if you're looking to save money and do it in a very easy way, we're going to share more about this brand new iOS app later on in the episode, which you can download at simplycodes.com slash Wellevator, W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R. I'm really excited about this, by the way, because it actually coincides with us celebrating not only our 300th episode, but also we're coming up on our two-year anniversary, which is a big milestone for a podcast. It really is. Like, not to pat ourselves on the back too much, but the reason that this coincides with Simply Code, which I'm excited to talk about, we're very particular about brands that we partner with, and you'll find out why we partnered with them. But what we're going to do with some of the sponsorship money is invest in brand new microphones. So stay tuned because sometime soon, we'll be purchasing brand new mics that Jason and I have been wanting for quite some time. They're fancier than the current mics. As much as I like the mics we have now, which have our logo on them, these are kind of like not quite beginner microphones because these are actually like our second set of microphones that we've used since we started the podcast. But this third set we're getting are like the more higher ends. They're a little bit more expensive. And Jason and I agreed that around our two-year mark and the next time we had a sponsor, we were going to take some of that money and invest it into ourselves in the podcast for better quality audio, a better look. So if you're watching us on YouTube, they look a little bit cooler than the mics we have right now. And it's not like a cool factor. It's just like, hey, we're going to the next level with this podcast. And that's part of the reason that we work with sponsors like Simply Codes because they allow us to invest back into ourselves, plus pay ourselves a little bit of money for all the hard work that goes into this. So thank you, Simply Codes, for making that happen. I can't wait to talk more about them later. Whitney, I had a really interesting conversation earlier today with a new business colleague. We were discussing actually an NFT project, which is a whole new world for me. More on that maybe in a future episode. But we were discussing how it seems pretty much every year that right around the holidays, things do not feel necessarily as joyful or relaxing as we think they should. That was the verbiage that I used was like, every year it feels like I feel the holidays coming up. I'm aware the holidays are coming up. There's Thanksgiving, there's Kwanzaa, there's Christmas, there's Hanukkah, there's Festivus, there's a lot of different things, or maybe nothing at all. Maybe you, dear listener, don't celebrate any of those things. But if I reflect kind of back on certainly my adult life and also the years that we've been doing this podcast, the years we've been doing our brand Wellevator and all the entrepreneurial years prior to that, it just has seemed like the holidays have been this manic, crazy, stressful time. And I can't remember the last year, Whitney, where I didn't feel a level of stress and overwhelm during the holidays. And I'm bringing this up because you and I have a lot of similarities in our life in the sense that not only have we been entrepreneurs for many years, 
We've been working together in many different capacities for years and have done many holiday promotions together. We've done giveaways. We've done bundles. We've done podcast launches. We've done a lot of stuff in the holiday season. But we also share the fact that you and I came from parts of the country that have pretty intense and brutal winters. You know, Massachusetts and Michigan are known for being pretty heavy in terms of the snowfall. And I went down a little research rabbit hole today, just looking at the statistics around seasonal affective disorder, also known as SAD, which is another funny acronym that is maybe inappropriate to share here on the podcast. You can maybe just intuit what that might mean. (laughs) But seasonal affective disorder and depression and mental health issues and suicide around the holidays is actually, the statistics are kind of alarming. But before I get into that, I want to ping it back to you, Whitney, and ask you two questions. A, if you are feeling me on kind of looking back on your professional career, your adult life and going, yeah, the holidays have been kind of consistently stressful. But B, do you feel like when you were living in Massachusetts or living on the East Coast, you had any sort of seasonal affective disorder with the gray days and the lack of sunshine in the heavy winter? And has living on the West Coast improved that at all? Have you noticed a change in your mood with the winters you've spent since living in California? Well, I am very grateful that right now, as you talk about the stress, I can say I'm not experiencing that. And it could be a number of things. One is that this year is one of the first years in a while that, as you mentioned, Jason, we haven't participated in a big Black Friday campaign. We're recording this episode before Black Friday, but This episode is released after Black Friday. For those that haven't been part of our online world for a while, you may not know this, but in years past, we used to do these bundle sales and we've made podcast episodes earlier this year about why we stopped. So if you want to hear our perspectives on bundle sales and various like holiday style promotions, go to the show notes for this episode at wellevator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. We'll link to a lot of things. We'll link to Simply Codes, of course. We'll link to previous podcast episodes and articles that Jason's going to reference. And I encourage you to listen back to that bundle sale episode in particular because Just a few days ago, we found out that we were accidentally put into a Black Friday bundle sale. And I was so triggered by that, Jason. This is just yesterday that this happened for us. I was so triggered because I didn't want that stress. That it was like almost like a PTSD result or what's the other form of PTSD? Is it CPTSD? There's another term. I use those terms lightly, but a traumatic stress response would be a more accurate way of saying this of me thinking like, oh my gosh, I do not want to experience that stress again. This doesn't feel good to me. And I panicked because even though it was an accident, I didn't know if they'd be able to take our product out of this bundle sale. And I wanted to be integrity with what we've talked about in the past saying we're not going to do bundle sales, even though we're not saying we'll never do them again. It's not 100% never going back to it. But right now, because of what you're describing, it's not a fit. There's that level where I'm so relieved not to be experiencing that stress. Now, there's other forms of stress during the holidays that I think I've felt. You're talking about the weather. You're talking about the change in season. There's also the pressure of like plans. Thanksgiving is coming up in between the recording and the release date of this. And I don't have any solid plans. And I found myself panicking about like, Do I need to go to the store and go grocery shopping and come up with a list of recipes? And what am I going to do? And am I okay? I have like all this FOMO. Do I not celebrate Thanksgiving in a fun way? And then for the last few years, I haven't spent Christmas with my family like I used to for so long. And I'm okay with that. Like I just came back from seeing them, but it is a little sad for me to not spend the holidays with family. And I think All of these things can contribute to the stress that you're describing, Jason, like the weather's a factor, which we're blessed not to have that issue as much in in Southern California. I certainly enjoy some of the snow and some of the cold weather. Like, I think it's kind of nice if I'm not living there all the time. I don't really remember if I had seasonal affective disorder. Is that what it's called? Affective? I guess that would make sense because it's affecting you. I think I knew of it. But I've also learned so many 
different strategies for balancing my mood and handling anxiety and depression. Speaking of which, I've realized recently that I haven't experienced depression as much as I do anxiety. And I became acutely aware of it once I started tracking my mood. I've definitely talked about this on This Hits the Spot. I can't remember if I mentioned it here, but there's an app that I use called Bearable. And it's free. There's a premium version if you want to pay a little extra for some features, but the free version's great. And you can use it to track all different elements of your mental, physical, and emotional well-being and just see where the trends are and help you identify what's helping you. And one thing that can feel depressing for me this time of year is the light. You know, it, it gets dark earlier and I usually like to stay up late and I don't like waking up early unless I'm traveling. That's tough for me, but I adjust to it. And going back around to anxiety versus depression, I struggle much more with feeling anxious about things, anxious about Thanksgiving, anxious about work-related things, anxious about all sorts of things. Like That comes up for me much more than depression. I think my brain generally doesn't feel depressed, but I think I used to think that was depression, if that makes sense. Those lower moods, I believe now in hindsight, and also based on therapy and talking to professionals around this, they think that I'm actually much more on the anxious level of things than the depressive level. That doesn't mean that I don't feel depressed sometimes and have challenges around that, but all this to say that I don't know if I've been deeply affected by the seasons aside from the light, which I guess that's a huge part of seasonal affective disorder, right? Like that's why people buy those special lamps and all that. But I haven't felt the need for them because if I can manage my anxiety through therapy, through medication, through whatever wellness practices, then I tend to be in a good place. And I battle anxiety throughout the year and it doesn't seem to be super related to the seasons. I'm on the side of depression more so than anxiety. It's like you and I are on like two different sides of the coin in that sense. And it got me thinking about growing up in Michigan, in Detroit, living in Chicago for about three years, living in New York, and my state of mental health being in those Midwestern and East Coast cities versus the nearly 15 years I've been here in California. And it's hard to say because it's been a decade and a half since I've lived on the East Coast. So from my recollection, I do remember feeling depressed and sad in the winter, but I don't know necessarily if it was that much more acute than just kind of my baseline depression, right? I do know that, you know, lack of sunlight leads to a lack of vitamin D, vitamin D3 in particular. And I have been supplementing with a vitamin D3 supplement, especially in the wintertime when it's darker, as you mentioned, and there's less sunlight. We've had a lot more overcast days here in California recently. So one of my go-tos for depression has been D3 due to less sunlight during the day. But it's interesting you know, to kind of look at the factors that are playing into not only seasonal affective disorder, but really just depression around the holidays in general. And I just want to read off a few statistics for anyone who might be resonating with what we're talking about. Seasonal affective disorder, this is according to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America. It's adaa.org. We'll link to that in the show notes at wellevator.com. They say that SAD affects 15 million adults in the United States, or 6.8% of the population. It's equally common among both men and women and typically begins around age 13. That's interesting. According to an ADAA 2007 survey, 36% of the people with social anxiety disorder report experiencing symptoms for 10 or more years before seeking help. You put in SAD statistics or just SAD in a, in a web search, and there's a lot of information that comes up around it. And they talk about how SAD is much more than the winter blues, which I think back in Detroit, Michigan, that's kind of what people referred to it. They're like, oh, you're just, you know, you're sad because it's the winter time. But according to the American Psychiatric Association, it actually is a form of depression. It's a clinically recognized form of depression. And that seasonal affective disorder is identified as a major depressive disorder with a seasonal pattern. People with SAD experience mood changes and symptoms similar to depression. The symptoms typically occur during fall and winter months where there's less sunlight and usually improve with the arrival of spring. 
SADs more than just the winter blues, the symptoms can be distressing and overwhelming and can interfere with daily functioning. However, it can be treated. About 5% of the U.S. adults experience SAD, and it typically lasts about 40% of the year. It's fascinating. It's been linked with a biochemical imbalance in the brain prompted by shorter daylight hours and less sunlight in the winter as the seasons change. People can experience a shift in their biological internal clock or their circadian rhythms that cause them to be out of step with their daily schedule. The symptoms of this sound a lot like major clinical depression or major depressive symptoms like feeling sad, loss of interest in pleasure or activities, changes in appetite, less sleep, loss of energy, feelings of purposelessness, feelings of worthlessness or guilt. I mean, it sounds very much like deep clinical depression. And what they recommend for seasonal affective disorder is supplementation. They talk about SSRIs, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. That's a class of pharmaceuticals. They talk about vitamin D3, broad UV spectrum light. You talked about that, Whitney, people putting different light bulbs in their house, and then also seeking the help of a trained medical professional. There's a lot more to this than just the change of seasons, right? I mean, there's an article on healthpartners.com that talks about how the holidays can bring up a lot of feelings of alienation from our loved ones. And even if we are with our loved ones, if there is a history of stress or trauma, that can re-trigger a lot of traumatic feelings within us, even if we do get to spend time with our family. And it talks about how it's easy to look at someone's holiday card collection or their social media and think that their life is perfect during the holidays, right? I mean, that's a very, very easy thing to do. For me, it's really difficult to be away from my family, my mom in particular, because with our friends and the people that are close to us, we choose them, right? So it's like you as one of my closest people in my life, like I choose you in my life. You're not blood, but I choose you. You're like family to me. My mentor Michael's like family to me. My girlfriend Laura is like family to me. My good friends. I treat them as if they were family, right? But there's just something that I deeply miss and feel sad about not spending the holidays with my mom and specifically back in Detroit. And I've realized too that this is kind of like an extension of the conversation we had with a recent guest, Beth Cavanaugh, who's an end-of-life hospice nurse. I don't know how many years I have left to spend holidays with my mother or my family, my aunts getting up in age, my uncles, my mom in particular, right? The reality is there's only so many years, so many seasons, so many holidays left. I'm feeling like an increased sense of urgency to make it a priority to spend those holidays with my family. And it's not going to happen this year. There's a litany of reasons, but my mom looks like she's going to come visit LA in January. But I think as I go on with and as I get older, there's a deeper longing for that family connection and like being home for the specifically for the holidays. And I haven't felt that urgency in years past. And for some reason last year and this year, maybe it's additionally colored by the backdrop of whatever this fucking ongoing pandemic is anymore. And we're coming up on almost two years. It just makes me want to be more with her and with my family because I don't know how many years I'm going to be able to do that. Do you feel the same way? I know you were just home, right? You were home for an extended period of time, but do you also feel like there's a part of you that would want to go back? Like if you could, like you would want to go back for Christmas if you could? Or are you feeling like being home satisfied that for you? Well, there's like the feeling around Christmas that I personally have experienced. My mom's really into it. And so it has always felt good to be home for that holiday. And I think it all depends on your relationship with your family and so many factors. For me, it just has that warm, comfy feeling that I haven't been able to replicate in Los Angeles. I don't know if it's because the weather is so different or just the family is really the big factor there. It's not that I can't go back. It's just that I've chosen not to. It's complicated. One thing, because I've been doing cross-country travel, like I'm not used to flying and like flying with a dog and all the price and all the chaos of the airports. Like that was one of the big reasons why I found so much joy driving cross-country is like, Again, my anxiety is really heightened during stuff like that. And I don't miss that at all because it would be the anxiety of buying the plane tickets and did I get the right price and which airline do I fly and what times do I leave and how do I get to the airport and what time do I get to the airport and but all that stuff really triggers me. 
I'm capable of it. I've done it, but it's just like intense. Even thinking about it, I can feel like in my chest, like feeling tight from it. And so I don't enjoy it. And funny enough, it's like spending all that time driving cross country to some people would cause them anxiety, but it brought me nothing but joy. Like there were a couple anxious, hard moments, but very minimal. Long story short, if I really wanted to, I could go back for Christmas. There's nothing really stopping me. But actually, you brought up the vitamin D, Jason, and that's actually something that my doctor, my recent blood test results came back showing that I'm low in vitamin D. And so my doctor recommended that I get a vitamin D supplement. And I guess my insurance covers like some basic vitamin D, but I was concerned that it wasn't going to be vegan, that it was going to be low quality. The first person I asked about a vitamin D recommendation was you, Jason, and you referred me to Symbiotica, which you've talked about on this show and I believe our other show, This Hits the Spot. It is quite expensive. So I haven't bought it yet because I'm like, well, (laughs) I don't feel like I'm in a rush. But when you're bringing this up, I'm like, wow, like, Maybe I would feel really different taking it. I'm not sure. Like, have you noticed a big difference taking vitamin D, Jason? And like, have you experimented with a number of vitamin D products? I have been taking it for so long now that I can't recall necessarily a major shift in my mood per se. I take it simply because I know that low vitamin D3 in particular levels have been linked to depression neurological disorders, et cetera, et cetera. So I take it more, Whitney, as a proactive, protective measure so that I don't get even more depressed. Like it hasn't cured my depression. I'm not going to put that much power on a product. But likewise to you, when I went and got my blood levels tested years ago, when I first went and got them back in 2014, I had my first panel test when I was diagnosed with clinical depression. D3 was one of the vitamins I was low in. So I've been taking different forms of it for a few years now. Symbiotic was actually recommended to me by one of our first guests, our friend Paige Snyder, who's a clinical nutritionist. And I was asking her years ago, I said, you know, what brand? Like, just point me in the right direction. She's so on top of like, what are the best formulations? What's the highest quality? She's like, just get the Symbiotic and call it a day. It's $77 for, I think, like a month's supply. And it's one of those things that I suppose if it made a huge difference, which I I don't know yet if it will for me, then maybe I could justify it. But I feel like this is a really great time to talk about our sponsor today because when I went on their website, I used the Simply Codes browser extension. So they have two things now. They have a browser extension and they have a mobile app. And if you've ever used a coupon code program before, it works like some others, which I won't mention their competitors, because after I met the Simply Codes team, I really felt drawn to them as just human beings. They're just great people that make this product. The experience of Simply Codes makes me feel happy. So I went into the Symbiotica website. I had the extension installed. And I clicked on it. You can do the same thing on your phone if you download the app, which if you go to simplycodes.com slash Wellevator, which is W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R, download that. Either way, you can use it on your phone or your computer. And I found coupons for Symbiotica. And I was like, all right, so they have 15% off coupons. We might even have our own coupon, which we can enter into Simply Codes. This is another thing I like about their program is you can submit your own code to Simply Codes if it's not already listed, and they will give you money in exchange for recommending a product. So we may add our own Wellevator coupon code to the Symbiotica Simply Codes stack. But you just go on there. It shows you all of the best available codes. What I really like is you can see when they were last used and how many people have used them, which is if you've ever looked for a coupon code online, it can feel so annoying to search for it. Like if you've ever done like a web search, like Symbiotica coupon codes, and you're like sorting through and copying and pasting, Simply Codes makes this really easy. So you can copy and paste in there. Usually the first one I've used will work. Sometimes there's new codes on there. Like again, if we add ours into Simply Codes, you might see ours as something new. But Jason, are you downloading the app right now? Because I knew that that was something that you were going to try. We were both going to real time download their brand new app. I did. 
And tell me about your experience. It's really cool because it's super easy when you download the Simply Codes app. First of all, if you're on your smartphone and you're listening to this podcast and you put in simplycodes.com slash Wallivator, it automatically redirects to the app store. You hit get, you download it. And then what you need to do is go to your browser on your phone and you just tap the little AA button on the bottom of the URL. And then you slide and you toggle on Simply Codes and it adds the extension to your browser. It's so simple to do on your smartphone. And I just love that you know, you go to a supplement company like Symbiotica. And I know that many of our listeners and our longtime supporters, y'all use supplements, right? You're on that train of being optimally healthy and, and making sure that you're getting your vitamin C, your vitamin D, your E, whatever you're taking. And you also know that if you want high quality supplements, they cost a pretty penny sometimes. I just love that they have made this easy because to your point, there have been times, Whitney, where I will spend like 30 to 40 minutes scouring the internet for like, I need to find the 30% off coupon. I need to find the 40%. And it wastes so much time going to all of those sites, looking for the damn coupon code. I love that they've integrated this, not only for the desktop, but for the freaking smartphone too. This is so cool. We wanted to try out the app for the very first time as we were recording this. I've been using Simply Code's browser extension on my computer for months, but I thought it'd just be fun to get our first impression. And you're absolutely right, Jason. On our YouTube version of the podcast, I'm going to superimpose on the video the experience of downloading the app. And it truly is easy. It's just a few steps. Anyone can do it. It make it very clear. And I'm on the Symbiotica website on my phone. And then you can just choose a product and it should tell you if there's a sale on it, which is really neat. This is the reason that we wanted to share this product and partner with them. Not only do I like Simply Codes as a company, but we know that people like to save money especially when it comes to something like this in this exact case, which is my personal experience of wanting to buy something, seeing the price point and being like, ooh, that's more than I thought it was going to be. I'm not sure if I want to buy this. But sometimes when you can get a discount code, it takes away that resistance and you're more likely to try something. And I just want to share that I've been there too. Like, Everybody is at different financial stages. And for me, part of my anxiety is actually making decisions. And when I come across something that I feel unsure about, I have a hard time deciding whether or not to do it. And a coupon code usually will push me past that phase and help me feel less anxious because I'm not feeling anxious about the money anymore or I'm feeling less anxious. I mean, it's still a lot of money. Unfortunately, Symbiotica has taxes and shipping. So it still comes out to $77 even with 15% off. But if I take off the code, what does it come to with all of that? It's $90, Jason. That's a significant chunk of money. Come on now. $13 is nothing to sneeze at. For a month of vitamin D, like this better be really good. I'm taking your recommendation. <laughs> Anyways, if you want to try out Simply Codes, again, the link is simplycodes.com slash Wellevator. You could search for it in the app store, but if you use that link, that tells the company that you found their product through us, then maybe they can continue to sponsor and we can continue doing uh, cool collaborations and also invest in new equipment. So simplycodes.com slash Wellevator, W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R. We know it's a little confusing, so that's why we say it multiple times. So Jason, I will you know, pull the trigger, buy myself some of this vitamin D, get back to you and the audience once I've had a chance to see if it makes any difference. I mean, even if I can't feel it, hopefully I can go back to my doctor and get my levels tested and see, because I imagine there's so many important reasons to have vitamin D. Like why else aside from the potential mental health benefits, like what else is D3 for? It's also bone health. That's what I was going to say, because I always associate with like fortified and milk. And that's part of the reason I was surprised that I was low in it, because my regular milk purchase is Ripple. And I know Ripple is fortified with vitamin D. But the question is, is it enough for my body? Right? Clearly not, because I mean, I'm not taking it as a supplement. It just happens to be in some fortified foods. 
I'm just like looking at random things on my desk. I'm like, does this have vitamin D? And no, I just picked up something. It's like 0%. You do have to be mindful about this. Now, going back to the seasonal affective disorder, Jason, were there any other things that were interesting that you found or personal anecdotes that we can share for others that might feel like they're struggling and maybe supplements aren't working for them? Yeah, I think a big thing that I've noticed for myself and also observing other people is holiday foods tend to be, of course, very celebratory. It's a time to celebrate. It's a time to get together. But I also think it's a time where overindulgence is very easy. And again, I speak from personal experience of observing myself overeating a lot during the holidays, like stuffing myself, which I rarely do. I do not like the feeling of being stuffed, like really that uncomfortable feeling of like, yay, I had a good meal, but now I feel like I have to simultaneously take a nap and shit my brains out, which I can't do. I can't nap and shit my brain. I choose one or the other. That feeling of just lethargy and sloth and just... It's easy to do though, because I think that there's this communal aspect of, yay, I'm with friends. I'm with people I love. Let's indulge. Let's drink a lot of wine and liquor and sugary foods. And we know that a lot of really dense, fatty, sugary foods, processed foods, alcohol has an intensely inflammatory effect on the body. And there's also been some interesting research. There's a book called The Inflamed Mind that has made some interesting links between inflammation in the body and inflammation in the brain. There's a level of mindfulness around our indulgences this time of year that's important to really observe and be be present to because as someone who suffers from clinical depression and taken a lot of steps and continue to do a lot of experiments in managing it, I know with that if I way overdo it on the sugar, if I overdo it on the wine, I feel worse. It really exacerbates how sad and depressed I feel. It doesn't mean I'm going to go on a juice cleanse per se, although my mom actually is doing a juice cleanse and a juice and soup cleanse for Thanksgiving. She's like, I'm not doing all this bullshit. She's like, I'm doing, I'm doing a juice and a soup cleanse. It's kind of her Thanksgiving tradition, which I think is cool. But I think that's an important thing to take away also, Wit, is, is not just getting the vitamin D, mindfully supplementing. If you live in a place where there's a lack of sunlight, looking into full spectrum UVA lighting, There's been some interesting research about far infrared saunas helping with seasonal depression and getting that warmth in your body and penetrating down to the deeper layers of your epidermis. The food portion is a big one, Wit. I mean, the holidays are not known for healthy food. I mean, let's just call it what it is, right? It's a lot of carbs. It's a lot of sugar. It's a lot of alcohol. And those three things together can kind of pummel you a little bit, you know, mentally. Totally. But before COVID, and I've been thinking about this year since Thanksgiving is just a few days away, like, what am I going to eat? And part of me is like, "Eh, I don't really care. But when I think of Thanksgiving, and I'd love to know your answer to this too, Jason, like the things that I get most excited about are gravy and stuffing plus mashed potatoes. Like those three items, very exciting. I do enjoy some plant-based turkey. In fact, surprisingly, and I have to say this out loud because I'm shocked at how few people know about this product. Trader Joe's has, in my opinion, one of the best vegan turkey products. Now, they have the full-on turkey roast in the refrigerator section around this time of year, but all throughout the year, they have vegan turkey burgers. They're in the refrigerated section of Trader Joe's. They're in a green package and my mouth is watering just thinking about them. I think one year, whether it was last year or the year before, I bought those as my turkey. Even though they're technically burgers, they have such a great texture and flavor. And then since you brought up the carb thing, Jason, in 2019, I remember doing a very low carb Thanksgiving featuring recipes by an upcoming guest of ours, Liz McDowell, who is a great friend of mine now. I'm so blessed to know her. I think she's just such an amazing person from Massachusetts. We met because we both have vegan keto cookbooks. And I have to say that her vegan keto recipes are so good. And she has a bunch that are for Thanksgiving. Now that's not going to help you out this year because this episode comes out after Thanksgiving, but 
you can make all sorts of really great dishes. I remember I made an apple pie. I can't remember what else. I made just a bunch of dishes that were low carb. So they were easier for me with my body to digest. I tend to thrive on a low carb diet and feel really good on it. They're also vegan and gluten-free and all that. So they was like allergen friendly too. So for this year, I'm not quite sure what I want to do. I think I'm going to get the Trader Joe's burgers because they're also, I believe, soy-free and gluten-free. I found them extremely easy to digest versus a lot of like vegan turkey alternatives tend to be like loaded with gluten and or soy. I personally don't digest that well. It messes with me. For stuffing, that's one of my favorite items. There's two low-carb breads or grain-free breads that I absolutely love. One of them is called Carbonat, and they sell that at Whole Foods, Sprouts, some Targets. If you go on their website, you can find their locations throughout the U.S. Love Carbonat, and that would probably make a really good stuffing. So I might use that, but the other one that we mentioned on a recent episode of our second podcast, This Hits the Spot, is called Pasha, and they make these really good refrigerated grain-free loaves. And When I was eating this cheesy herb version of it's a sourdough flavor or fermented sprout of whatever, whatever they do to it, they call it a sourdough. I feel like this could be a really good grain-free stuffing. And then gravy is super easy to make any type of way that you want to eat. The trick is potatoes are not low carb, but you know what? I feel like, well, are you going to say like parsnips or something? Cauliflower, mashed cauliflower is amazing. If you do it right, come on now. I love cauliflower, but I haven't found that that really hits the spot. I feel like maybe you can do a mix, like maybe if you want to cut down on the carbs. And again, listen, everybody's got their preferences. Some people are really anti-low-carb eating. I'm very pro-low-carb eating, as you'll hear. We're in an upcoming episode when we talk to Liz, who's a very down-to-earth vegan keto person. She can really explain the pros and how it's impacted her life, which so excited to have her on because she's got an upcoming cookbook. But for me, like I feel so good in a low-carb diet. And I feel like just worth bringing up, Jason, to your point, like if you find every year you're indulging in foods that don't make you feel good, maybe you could try some more low-carb foods and actually really enjoy them and feel much better. You know, our gut is so tied to our mental health. And that's the thing. Like, my big reason that I keep going back to the vegan keto diet, not in a strict way, but in like a very like moderate way, it just makes me feel good all around. It actually helps clear up brain fog, which can lead me to feel tired, lethargic, not very productive. And when I feel like that, I start to feel anxious or depressed, right? So if you start to connect the dots, to your point, Jason, your diet has a huge impact on you. And when I feel tired, I also feel like a very low mood because no matter how much I rest, I can't seem to like overcome it. And a lot of times changing my diet is the best way for me to gain more energy. Awareness is a huge part of this in the sense that this past week, I noticed that I was starting to feel like a deeper sense of loneliness come in, really missing my mom, missing my family, feeling sad that I'm not going to go home for the holidays because the airlines for the most part are gouging the shit out of people right now with flight prices. Like I looked at flights home over the holidays and in some cases they're double or even triple what they normally are. And I'm like, I'm not paying you $800 to go to Detroit. No, no, sorry. So that, that as an aside, that's the reason I'm choosing not to go home is because I'm not, I'm not willing to pay those exorbitant gouging prices that the airlines are charging right now for holiday travel. But in that loneliness wit, I noticed myself like, you know, at nine, 10 o'clock, not being hungry, but reaching for like the chocolate crispy cereal and being like, ah, oh, you know, and, and that's a pattern of mine. I get lonely. I feel sad. I overeat. I'm glad we're talking about this because I know that, again, when I stuff myself, when I overeat, when I have too much sugar, it's not good for my gut. We know that too much sugar causes inflammation and creates imbalance in our gut microbiome. 
And if we have a predisposition to anything like candida, which is a yeast and bacteria overgrowth, they feed on sugar and also alcohol because alcohol converts to sugar in the body. All of this is to say, yeah, it's super important to be mindful of what am I eating and how is it making me feel on an emotional level, on a physical level. If there are any trigger points, my trigger point is loneliness. I overeat and overindulge when I'm lonely. So how can I create a pattern interrupt that when I'm feeling lonely, I don't automatically run for the sweet things, which are going to make me feel worse? There ain't no cereal, ain't no chocolate going to take that loneliness away, you know? Sometimes I think about you, Jason, because I'll go through those phases too. Actually, recently I was feeling that way. I had like a low week and... I think I've talked about this on the show, but just in case I haven't or you haven't heard me say this, I've been experimenting with medication that's made a huge difference. When I was traveling, I wasn't taking my medication because I felt great traveling. And I talked to my doctor when I came back from my trip and I said, hey, you know, is it okay that I wasn't consistent with the medication. My doctor said, based on me and the specific one I'm taking, that I can actually fluctuate between it a bit. That it doesn't have any withdrawal, which is awesome. But the doctor also said, you're probably going to experience when you come back from this trip, some more low moods because you're back in your old routine. You don't have all the excitement. You're not around all the loved ones. So this actually would apply to the holidays too. And lo and behold, like I had a few really low days And I feel like the medication kicked in again today because I have had like the best day in the past week. Maybe it's a coincidence. I don't know. But my point is, Jason, that I found myself really craving chocolate (laughs) and all sorts of foods. And no matter how much I ate, I didn't feel better. And I remember thinking to myself, Whitney, you're just trying to eat to feel something, to make yourself feel better. No matter what I did, It wasn't helping. And this is part of the reason I went on medication because I wasn't able with my current knowledge, access, resources, whatever, nothing had been helping the low moods and the anxiety that I was feeling, which is at times kind of paralyzing. So that's why I tried medication. It actually made a huge difference. And speaking of that, I haven't told you this, Jason, but I cannot believe how many people in my life have opened up to me recently about going on medication for depression. It's like a lot of my friends and family members are taking something. I think it's incredibly common. I think it's important to be transparent about it. And I found that when I open up to people, they tend to open up back to me or they're surprised if they do happen to open up to me when I tell them, hey, I'm, I'm trying medication too and it's helping me. And like, you can feel this relief, like, oh, I'm not alone. And oh, like the stigma being removed. And I just want to share that openly on the show that if you are someone who's been wanting to try medication or you're on it and you're afraid to share it, like you can always confide in me and Jason about these things because we're not going to judge you. And I really feel like if you speak with a good practitioner and you make that decision together, that choice is specific to you and it's not up to somebody on the outside to judge, especially if they're not a medical professional. However, I will also say that my doctor, and I don't remember if I shared this or not, but just in case, she said, this isn't going to the root of it. Only therapy can do that. So I'm starting through her advice to go to regular therapy. I'm working on finding a good therapist and wanting to like do some deeper work to see if I can work through whatever is at the root of my anxiety and low moods because ideally I wouldn't take medication. But I just wonder sometimes like how much of it is chemical and genetic. When I talk to my parents about it. Both of them have struggled with these things. My sister struggled. My uncle and I were talking about this recently, like cousins, like so many people in my family have struggled with mental health. I'm not sure that therapy alone is going to change it. Just like food can't change how I feel necessarily. It, it impacts it, but sometimes we need another level of support, especially if we're genetically predisposed to it. That's part of my journey is to figure out how I can best support myself through those low days. I digressed off of the questions, follow-up questions I had for you, Jason, before we wrap up today. One, 
going back, favorite Thanksgiving foods. What are you planning on eating? Most excited to eat, usually eat, but maybe not eating this year for whatever reason, however you want to answer that. And then I have a second unrelated, deeper question for you after that. I mean, it's all about the sides, really. It's always been about the sides. There's been a new tradition here in LA the past two years. So last Thanksgiving and this year, Thanksgiving, due to a variety of factors. Last year, I had a motorcycle accident and was in an incredible amount of pain. There was no way I was going to be in a kitchen whipping up anything. And this year, I also had surgery. I had recently had the titanium plate removed a year after. So I'm now metal free. I'm no longer Iron Man, I'm happy to say. But the idea of I'm only like nine days out of surgery at the time of this recording, Whitney, and I just simply don't have the energy or the bandwidth to, you know, go into the kitchen and knock out like a big meal. So I ordered from Kitchen Mouse, one of my probably, I mean, it's easily top five, maybe top three restaurants in LA. I love Kitchen Mouse. If you, dear listener, are in Southern California or are ever passing through, go to a neighborhood in LA called Highland Park and go to Kitchen Mouse. It is a spectacular place. It's 100% gluten-free, 90% vegan. I think they have like egg that you can get on a couple dishes, but they use primarily organic ingredients and it's fully gluten-free. We treated ourselves to their Thanksgiving feast last year, and it was spectacularly good. So this is what we got for this year. And you ask what I'm most excited about? The answer is all of it. Smoked tofu turkey, Caesar Brussels sprout casserole, shepherd's pie, mashed potatoes, gluten-free mac and cheese, vegan pumpkin cheesecake, gravy, cranberry sauce, and gluten-free vegan stuffing. Like we went bananas, like absolutely bananas. And here's why. There's a couple stops that are being made. Leftovers are to be had. If you want any, Whitney, we will have leftovers and I'm happy to share the bounty with you because it's going to be, <laughs> she's making the feed me sign for anyone who can't see the video. <laughs> but it's just the value you get for how high quality the food is. It was like a no brainer. So as long as I'm in LA, unless I am being asked personally to cook and it's sort of like a communal family situation, as long as Kitchen Mouse is in business and I am in LA, I'm going to order their Thanksgiving feast. So shout out Kitchen Mouse. You guys are just doing a spectacular job. But out of all that, Whitney, I think I'm really most excited about the shepherd's pie. Like something about like the warm, creamy, good denseness of a, of a vegan shepherd's pie sounds so perfect right now. Speaking of which, Trader Joe's now has a vegan shepherd's pie in the refrigerated section. I had it the other day with my friend Julie and we got the turkey patties and we put them in the air fryer and then topped them with the shepherd's pie and like had a spontaneous like Thanksgiving style meal in Phoenix, Arizona on like a 90 degree day. <laughs> like a couple of weeks before Thanksgiving. It was really good. Like the shepherd's pie had like a little bit of it's been in a box flavor, like did not taste fresh. But like once you got over that, it was actually really, really good for what it is and the cost and convenience. So maybe you should just cancel your kitchen mouse order and shop entirely at Trader Joe's, <laughs> which you probably could. I actually just pulled up Thanks to my organizational skills, I have my shopping list from last Thanksgiving, which like just reduced my anxiety. I think I'm just going to go to Trader Joe's, pick up basically everything I got last year. I don't mind whipping up some of these foods myself. You know, speaking of costs, Kitchen Mouse, like it's pretty pricey and it's definitely an indulgence. How much is your meal costing, Jason? Well, we're splitting this between multiple people, mind you. But the whole thing, I think we got like eight or nine items and it was like 200 bucks. 200 mm -hmm. Yeah, but when you think about splitting it. Yeah, I guess. But I could whip up like a pretty amazing meal at, from Trader Joe's for probably like 50 to 75. But again, the effort that it takes to shop and cook and all that stuff is a lot. And I don't blame you. Listen, it's fine. I just wish Simply Codes had a discount on Kitchen Mouse because I'd be applying that. <laughs> Right. Don't don't say I didn't try. I definitely went on there. When you use the computer browser extension with Simply Codes, it lights up in this purple color whenever you go to a website that has a discount code. And so like 
I'm always like, oh, it's purple. And then when it's not purple, I'm like, like kind of sad, disappointed. It should make that noise. They should build that into version 2.0. Yeah, but like (laughs) when, yeah, when it is purple, it's like, totally. What if they just like clipped our audio and like used our voices? They're a really cool group of people that make Simply Co's. I wouldn't put it past them. So fingers crossed. Okay, the deeper question, and we are gearing up towards wrapping up. So you can decide, Jason, how deep you want to go into this answer. But when you're using the word we, you're referring to you and your girlfriend, your partner, Laura. Yes? Correct. And you've also mentioned that you have a house full of animals. My question is, why do you think that you feel lonely when you're surrounded by a loving partner and animals? Like, I can't remember if we've talked about this on the show or just privately, but I'm kind of curious what your current answer is to that. Because for me, loneliness like is a very circumstantial thing. So when I'm around other people, like thus, when I was traveling, I didn't really feel the desire to take medication because I was so full of joy and excitement being around all these people I love. And actually, when I came back to Los Angeles, I was so excited to be alone. Like I was craving alone time because I didn't feel an ounce of loneliness for months on end. And I can't say that I have experienced much loneliness when I'm with other people and animals that I love. So why do you think that you feel lonely aside from like missing your mom, which is very specific, but it kind of got the feeling that you have this ongoing sense of loneliness, even when you're with people. I don't know that it's ongoing per se. It's not a chronic sense of loneliness. I want to clarify it. But when it comes I think there's two parts to it. I think there's an element of we get used to our surroundings when we see the same things and the same people every day. It doesn't mean that we necessarily take them for granted or appreciate them less. There's a sense that I have sometimes of like, yeah, I've seen you every day for like 30 days straight or whatever it is. It's almost a sense of like sameness and repetition that creeps into life. That's one part of it, I think. The other part of it is that. I think I am wired as a person to thrive on a variety of relationships. It doesn't mean I need, you know, hundreds of people in my life or thousands of relationships to maintain and manage. I think that's one of the more confounding and challenging parts of social media is so many fucking people all the time wanting to talk and interact. And I don't think that we are neurologically or biologically prepared to have that many connections. We've done episodes about this, that technology has surpassed our ability to handle it in many ways in terms of social connection. But my point is that I haven't seen my mom or my family in over a year at this point. I really miss them. And I also miss a lot of my friends that have moved out of LA and have no real plans on coming. I mean, a lot, like dozens of friends over the course of this shit pandemic have moved out. You know, they're like, I don't want to be here for their own reasons, some political, some health, some other. So it's not a lack of appreciation for my partner, for you, for my other friends here, for my animals. It's more like the lack of variety of those deeper connections that I'm craving. There are times when I'm lonely where it's like, God, I I miss my friend Ryan. I miss my mom. I miss my aunt. I like very specific people come to mind rather than like a generalized loneliness wit. It's almost like a loneliness based on missing specific sets of people, if that makes sense. This is the best way I think I can verbalize it in the moment. I don't know. It's just, it's just easy to get caught in a cycle of repetition where it's just like, I certainly think I would feel a lot worse if I didn't have a partner and didn't have animals, of course. But I just really miss those connections of people I haven't physically seen in long stretches of time, and, and I crave those connections. I think there's maybe a distinction here between loneliness and missing someone, and maybe there's a Venn diagram where those things connect. I don't know. I'm trying to be as eloquent as possible, but that's all I can come up with at this point. I hope some of that made sense. (laughs) It does. And thank you for sharing that because I imagine that that's relatable. You know, maybe not for me, at least at this point, but I just finished seeing a variety of people 
that was really stimulating for me. Travel was very stimulating. I think like I felt levels of joy and satisfaction on that trip that I don't normally feel. And like, as you're speaking, Jason, I'm like, oh, I wish that you could just like go do all that. But you got a lot of animals to take care of. Luckily, you have people like your mom who are willing to visit. I can't wait to see you in a few days. Hopefully, COVID doesn't continue to get in the way of the things that we love and the people that we love. So I think what you're describing, Jason, is so incredibly important because you can't be alone in that loneliness. Thank you for opening up about that in the way that you did and helping me better understand and especially as your friend, just having a deeper understanding of where you're at. And that just gives me the perspective to better understand you as a whole. So it'll be really nice to see you soon. And we have an episode of our second podcast that hits the spot where Jason will be unboxing some little gifts that I, food-related gifts. I think it's all food. There might be at least one item. I don't even fully remember. I have this bag of stuff that I've been, literally, literally, Jason, (laughs) I was going to mail it to you. And I was like, nah, I won't. And I had this bag in a box, a cardboard box. And I traveled for like three straight weeks from the East Coast back to the West Coast. In this box, every day, I'd have to move it around. And I had to take stuff out so it wouldn't melt in the hot, the heat in Texas and Arizona. It was kind of like a schlep to get this package back to you. So I really hope you appreciate it. I think that you will because I know you so well. But if the listener and the watcher want to see or hear what Jason got, this mystery package, Check out our second podcast that hits the spot. We'll link to it in the show notes of this episode. It's on our website. You can't search for it because it's a private podcast just for our newsletter subscribers and our Patreon supporters. So if you want to go to patreon.com slash wellevator, actually, if you go to wellevator.com slash this hits the spot, I think, I don't know. There's a link in our newsletter, a link in our show notes for this episode, a link on Patreon and a link on wellevator.com. It's not that hard to find. Or you can just message us if you're like, I cannot find the link. We will send it directly to you so you can see this. The show is full of products that we recommend. They're short episodes between 20 to 30 minutes long, which is relatively short for us. We talk about food and lifestyle products and supplements and all sorts of things that we love and recommend. And speaking of which, Simply Codes, obviously, we recommend. And Jason, I went back to their website. When you go to simplycodes.com slash Wellevator, you'll be directed to download the iOS version. So this is for the Mac computer, iPhone, or iPad. As I mentioned, they also have the extension you can download onto your web browser. But right now, they're focused on this new app. And the new app says... It's been updated. They now have over 2 million active codes. So in the past, it was like 70,000, like you said earlier, but they've incorporated even more coupons in. So a ton of options for you. And one thing also in their description I love, it says, support a small brand with big ambitions. We're a small team of passionate consumers like you who love to build products to make shopping fun and easy. No ads, no selling your data, no BS. Give us a test drive and let us know how we can make Simply Codes even better for you. And this is why we partnered with them because all of that is true. They're awesome people. And if you really enjoy it, leave a review on their app. I'm sure they would appreciate it because they're just getting going with this amazing app. And truly, if you need to reach them, you can let us know or contact them on their website and tell them what you would like to see. What other codes would you like? Do you want Kitchen Mouse to start offering discount codes? We certainly would. Maybe if we all get together, we can make it happen. That's probably a decision that Kitchen Mouse needs to make, but maybe Simply Codes can pull a few strings. You never know. Anything's possible. We like to get discounts on high quality things. So thank you to Simply Codes. Again, that's simplycodes.com slash Wellevator. Go check it out. And we'll be back with another episode soon. We have two episodes a week right now, one on Mondays, one on Fridays. Mondays are just me and Jason talking like we are right now. Our next episode will be our 300th episode. We have an amazing guest coming up. So many amazing guests. It's truly unbelievable 
how many incredible people we have lined up for you. And we have done our best to bring you a diverse range of perspectives on emotional well-being, on food, on lifestyle, on political issues and current events. And like we dive deep. If you ever have a request, let us know. When you go to wellevator.com, you not only can find the podcast show notes and the links to our social, but our email address. You can comment on any of that stuff. You can send us a private message. We're listening to you. We want to make this podcast truly valuable. We appreciate you. And we hope you're having a wonderful holiday season, even if you're struggling in some of the ways that we've discussed today. If you ever need to talk about it, we're here for you to help and happy to send you other resources for your mental health to make sure that you get the help that you need. Until next time, wishing you all the very best. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Can't wait for our next episode. Bye. Thanks for listening and getting out of your comfort zone with us today. For show notes and more high-performance resources to help you thrive, go to wellevator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com.